Hello, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you all. Welcome to a festive special edition of Retrospection. In this episode, we're foregoing our usual routine and taking a look at 10 films or TV shows we like to watch at Christmas. Five from me and five from the other guy. My name's Colin and I should warn you, love is like a Christmas cracker. One massively disappointing bang and the novelty soon wears off. And I'm Paul and... Thank you very much, thank you very much, that's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. Did you like that? I like the way that on, on, on the last bit, the for me, you attempted some singing. At first you treated it as a joke, but then at the very last two words you thought, no, I'm going to sing this. I was being serious the whole way through. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Anyway, now we haven't discussed these, so who knows what rubbish Paul is going to come up with. (laughs) Well, the clue was in the first one, but carry on. By the way, when you were younger, were you a Radio Times Christmas bumper buyer? And then would you highlight all the stuff you wanted to watch at Christmas? Um, Was I? I still am, but nowadays I just go for the uh, Cut Price TV Choice magazine. Oh, peasant. <laughs> Have you seen the price of a Radio <laughs> Times these days? No, I haven't. Let's take out a second mortgage. Well, it's expensive. It's, oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, you, you... All right, but you still do that. You highlight everything. But is it like... Um, so what is it? Is it films or... Modern TV shows. Anything that takes anything or? Christmassy that takes my fancy, I'll highlight it. Was that a staple for you then? Well, I don't, I don't get the magazines and mm-hmm. stuff, obviously now, but I do like put a like a list together mm. of stuff that I want to watch over Christmas. Um, mostly, it's panel show Christmas yeah. stuff. I think these days seems to be. Did you used to do that though back oh. in the day when you were a kid? Back in the day, I would get the radio times. That's right. I was living the life. And I would I would highlight the stuff that I wanted to watch. Most of the times, it was movies, like old movies, because they didn't show a lot of movies all the time. Yeah. But at Christmas, they went crazy. Yeah, that, that's kind of the thing that we lose now, isn't it? Because we, we you can pretty much get access to anything you want at any time. So it makes it's irrelevant, really. Yeah. At one point, there'd be so many movies, I'd be taping them, and then my tapes would just pile up <laughs> of films. I remember those tapes. And I would never get around to watching them. Yeah, I remember those tapes. So, um, yeah, and these days, you could just watch whenever you want. That's true. It, it's yeah. strange, though, because I do still find when I... I mean, I was going through my Christmas um, TV guide just the other day, actually, funnily enough, and there were a couple of movies that I found that were on very late at night on some channel, Um that I probably wouldn't think of watching other than the fact that I noticed them in this magazine. And I thought, oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. I'll I'll take a look at that. Well, so it still serves a purpose then. I guess it does, yeah. Yeah. So for my list, I've avoided shows that we've covered before. So, So have I, yes. And I'm very specific about my Christmas films and shows, and I think we're going to discuss this at some point. Mm-hmm. So would you like to go first? Well, my first choice is kind of hinted at in my opening, and it's Scrooge from 1970. Really? Yes. So it's the the movie that stars Albert Finney, Edith Evans, who also played a Vulcan in uh, Star Trek III. Oh, I like these fun facts. Yes. Kenneth Moore and a a fantastic over-the-top performance as Jacob Marley's ghost from Alec Guinness. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, I like it. It's, but it's not one I've seen for a long time. I should dig that one out. It, it is a musical. Ugh. <laughs> I, like, I like musicals. <laughs> I've no problem with musicals. It, it's got some really good songs. Um, I'm sure that you'll 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 identify with the song "I I Hate People." Uh, yes, yes. In fact, I have that as my ringtone. Whenever you, you call. it just comes up for me does it okay yeah just you uh thank you very much and i I like life not not something that you would uh no no that doesn't no no. wow um it it's gorgeous to look at it was shot shot at um shepparton and 
Albert Finney's performance of Scrooge is just fantastic, Con- considering the fact that he was only 33 at the time. Um, really? Heavily made up, but it, you completely believe that he is this old curmudgeon who, who hates everything and he hates life, life hates him. And um, I like him, I like him. He just hates the fact that everybody seems to be having a good time and he's not. Yeah, appreciate that. Took three hours to apply the makeup as well. Three hours? Every day? Three hours. Every day. Wow. But it was the 70s, so he was probably drinking. Yeah, so it probably went quicker for him. Probably. And let's be honest. He flew by. You spend three hours in the bathroom every day anyway. How would you know, Colin? Oh, I've been told. Yeah, that's true, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um... A couple of fun facts about, about Scrooge as well. Um, Alec Guinness hated the wire work involved in all the ghost sequences. I don't think... He, he, to, the, to the extent that he, he said it was, it was one of the worst films for him personally that he'd ever made. And he did Star Wars. I know. He didn't like that either. Um, he didn't. I don't think anyone really likes wire work. I mean, hold on, maybe now, but back then I think it was pretty uncomfortable. Well, it took you... Uh, yeah. Don't let's just it's yeah. just up, yeah. Leave it's it, leave it yours, right yeah. there. Yeah, and and he did. Yeah, which is what you don't um, want. <laughs> you want it removed as soon as possible. You do. Um, he, he had a big musical number actually that was cut, um, and it was only restored in the stage version. Funnily enough, when the same character was played by John Pertwee, lots of years later. Hmm. So I said lots of years later because didn't actually find out how many years. That's all right. That would be too much work, but you know, oh, this is all news um, to me. And oddly, this this is this is this is a, and I can see it because he was a singer at the time. He, he recorded albums. But the first choice for Scrooge was actually Richard Harris. I could see that thinking about it and imagining it. Yeah, um, darken his hair and kind of make him a little bit of prosthetics here and there. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a really fun Christmassy mo- movie, um, and it's funny you say you've not seen it for a long time because we actually watched it as a family a couple of days ago. Um, I was watching it for this just to remind myself yeah. of it, and um, and everybody just kind of wandered into the into the room, sat down, and carried on watching it with me. Um, it's it's just a good feel good Christmas movie. Did they enjoy it? Yeah, oddly. Even 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 my son, who's ten years old, enjoyed it, and it's a musical as well. Nice. <laughs> nice. Does he not like musicals? Yeah. Well, he's yeah, he's a Slipknot kind of guy, isn't he? So no, he doesn't like music. No, he doesn't like musicals. <laughs> Fair so enough. yeah, so that's my first choice, Scrooge from 1970. And that's an excellent choice. Oh, we're starting on a good foot there, are we? Oh yeah, it's downhill from here on. All right, okay. So what, what's your choice for, for number two, then? I'm heading to TV land, okay. and I'm going with an episode of Men Behaving Badly. I'm going for the Christmas special known as Jingle Balls. No, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was never a fan of Men Behaving Badly. I tried to get into it, never, never could. Well, thank you for listening to <laughs> Retrospection. This will be our last podcast. Go on, tell me, tell me. How can you not like men behaving badly? I don't know. I think it was at that weird time when. Um, did it? Did it hit too close to home? Like one of the characters, maybe the the slacker, the the lazy alcoholic. It feel a little bit too close. You watch it and you'd be like, "There's something about him I don't like." It upsets well, I, me. As I don't really remember the show, I can't comment on 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 what you're talking about. Um, for a second, I thought you was going to say, as I don't really drink. <laughs> what would be the point? What would be the point of even lying? I know. Every, I mean, people listen to the gonna, podcast. I thought we were gonna, about to burst into a parallel universe <laughs> or something from the shock of the untruth that you told. <laughs> it would be enough to power a starship if untruth was some kind of propulsion. I, I'm not I'm not even going to go there. Um, right. it, it just, it, you can't because it's not it's propulsion. Not. Oh, are we getting technical now, are we? No, Good. never. Um, it, it, it just never really 
chimed with me that that much. So tell me, tell me why is this why is this on your list then? Well, let me let me just do some background. So the show is a sitcom that ran from 1992 to 1999 with a Stand Up to Cancer special in 2014. And it followed the lives of Gary Strang, played by Martin Clunes, and flatmate Tony Smart, played by Neil Morrissey, and their on-off girlfriends Dorothy, Caroline Quinton, and Deborah, Leslie Ash. Although Neil Morrissey wasn't in the first series, as Gary's flatmate was Dermot Povey, played by Harry Enfield, but he left the show. Also, for the first two series, this was an ITV show, but then it switched to the BBC for the rest of its run. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I remember the the, mm. it was the, the Harry Enfield seasons that were on ITV, wasn't it? He only did one, yeah. yeah. And then the second, the second season was Neil Morrissey, and still on ITV, and then it switched. That must have been one of the rare occurrences of that happening back then, of things switching... Didn't happen often at all. Yeah, did it? no, for a sitcom, yeah, mm. but for sta- um, like double acts like Markham and Wise and people like mm. that, they switched. Mm-hmm. But for an actual sitcom, yeah, um, this Christmas special aired in nineteen ninety seven, and this episode intercuts between a Dickensian Christmas card version of the holiday, although Tony keeps getting hit or falls off something, even in this world, but. Then it switches to reality of Christmas, which, for example, opens with Tony and Gary staggering drunk down a street on Christmas Eve. It's pouring with rain and they're soaked. And while Tony tries to get a dog to kiss him under some mistletoe, Gary in the background is fighting with a stranger trying to see what presents the guy has bought. It has great one-liners, perfect performances, and it, it sums up the spirit of Christmas, that we, we look forward to it, Every year, and yet it's always shit. <laughs> Just bring it down, Colin. Why don't you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have always liked Men Behaving Badly. It's, it's just a well-written show. The great one-liners. I have to say, I'm quite surprised. I I didn't know that about you. That you like the show. You make it sound like it's some dirty secret. No, no. Trust me, I've got a lot worse than liking <laughs> Men Behaving Badly. <laughs> Oh, I believe you. Um, I just, I just, you've never talked about men behaving badly. In all the time we've known each other, you've never talked about it. Possibly because you knew I wasn't, oh, well. I wasn't interested. Yeah. <laughs> you never mentioned it, so why would I? I guess. Oh, you're always trying to educate me, though, Colin, aren't you? Yeah, but sometimes you get to a point where it's like, it's like, you know, teaching a chimp to ride a unicycle. It's just, what's the point? I'm not. I'm not sure. You could do it yourself. I don't understand the analogy of that one, Colin. No, because you don't know what a unicycle is. I don't. See? We're not. We're not even at first level. <laughs> so what's the point? No. Well, maybe yeah, I'll, I have it all on DVD. I'll tell you what I'll do. That for just for you, Colin, this Christmas, I'll check that episode out. Oh, excellent! Okay, I'm always. You'll enjoy. I'm it. always open to something new. Well, that's not true, but we'll go with it for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, smelly chocolate beers. That's that's something completely different. And that guy called Dave. But let's not talk about that. Dave? We've had him on the podcast, haven't we? <laughs> oh, it's a different Dave. He's actually, his nickname was Different Dave. I'm sure that regular Dave will be happy to hear that. <laughs> I'm sure he yeah. will. So... For my next choice... Is he regular, Dave? I don't know about his bathroom habits. Please, Dave, write in. Write in. Email yeah, in. Are, are you regular? Yes. <laughs> are you regular? <laughs> <laughs> Give us a schedule. We need to know. Well, I don't you know, I don't need an actual timing or anything. Well, he's a big lad. I wouldn't know about that, Paul. Well, he's tall. I meant... Not that friendly. Well, he's tall. I mean, so, you know. Oh, that's what yes. you meant. I'm sorry. You're going blind? No, too much. Too much. Too much happiness. <laughs> Go on. So for my next choice, I'm going very classic. I'm going for an episode of Steptoe and Son from 1973. It's the Christmas episode, and it's called The Party. Oh, excellent. And I've noticed something. Um, maybe I'll do this at the end, but I've noticed a trend. But Maybe it's a trend between our choices, or it's a trend between British Christmas shows. But go okay. on. 
Well, everyone knows Steptoe and Son, but for those that don't, it stars Wilfred Bramble as ha- and Harry H. Corbett as Albert and Harold, the donut heel rag and bow men. Um, now this is a superb script by Ray Galton and Alan Simpson. And we see Harold desperate to spend Christmas away from Albert for once in Mallorca. So he books a holiday, but as usual, Albert pulls the usual sickness guilt trip. And so Harold gets a refund and is determined to spend the money on a huge blowout party for Christmas, inviting the whole street. But on Christmas morning, what's going to happen? The pair end up catching chicken pox and uh, forced into another miserable Christmas day together. And, I mean, Galton and Simpson, I mean, what more is there to say? I mean, they're just, they're just gods of TV comedy, aren't they? Yeah, and for our American listener, this was series was remade as Sanford and Son. Have there. you ever seen that? No, I haven't. From what I've been told, it's not about class, it's about race. Okay, that, well, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm aware of it. But, but that, I, that's not what I've been told. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it. Um, and it's actually even on a, um, on a, on a channel that, that um, I've noticed. But uh, I've never, I don't know, but I say I've never had the courage to take a look because right. I can never imagine anything. I'm, I'm sure for American listeners, it's, I, I know it's, it's considered to be a great sitcom, isn't it, in America? Um, yeah. But I, I just couldn't imagine anything better in Steptoe and Son. The odd thing about this episode is it comes in the penultimate year of the sitcom, um, but there's no dip in quality at all. You know, you'd think that, that a sitcom that's winding down towards its end, um, you know, it's been uh, these these actors and these writers have been doing the same thing now for multiple seasons now. Usually stuff tends to wind down, but this doesn't at all. It's just as good as it was... But when it first started. Um, That's interesting. We'll, we'll revisit that later. Oh, okay. Um, Bramble and Corbett are fantastic, as always, and they just, they just play off each other so well. Um, and there's a nice turn in this episode from Frank Thornton, you know, a.k.a. Captain Peacock, from um, mm-hmm. yeah. Are You Being Served? Um, and he plays a, a snobby... Um, travel agent in the episode who's desperate to try and try and get um harold to to um cancel his holiday because he's worried that all the posh people that are going on the holiday won't like sharing a room next to him or you know right um right and i i it's just it's just it's just a great window to a certain time in the 70s i think as well when i watch this that i'm too yeah I would have been too young to to experience at the time, um, but now for some strange reason I kind of hanker after. I know? can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's yeah. that's my that's my choice. And Stetson Son continues this tradition of British sitcoms where they employ dramatic actors to play comedic roles. That's still a thing, though, isn't it? In in British sitcoms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah did uh I mean, obviously, you have stand-ups who then segue into sitcoms, yeah, but such as not not going out. But there's a history of having dramatic actors play because it's more character-based than the one-liners. Yeah, yeah definitely. And and and, and I think a, a something that kind of runs alongside that with dramatic actors playing playing comedic roles is the thing with Steptoe. I always find is that it it, it does have a kind of a very melancholic feel to it doesn't it oh it's very dark and black yeah black it's, it's, it's quite dramatic at times as well yes but then yeah. but then galton and simpson yeah. are so are so clever that they'll throw they, they, they'll throw this gag into the middle of this dramatic sequence that is so funny that you'll just burst out laughing steptoe to me is a perfect sitcom that's one i'm going to add to this christmas for me to watch I haven't seen that one for it's a while on youtube either. that episode actually I mean, I've got the the whole. I've got the whole okay. of Steptoe. Well, the whole of Steptoe that exists. I've got the whole of Steptoe, but um, yeah. that particular one. If you if you if you if you want to just watch that, it is on YouTube. Great. My oh, choice okay. is Black Adder's Christmas Carol. Uh, okay. 
that's quite a controversial um, choice, I think, isn't it? Why is it controversial? I don't remember it being good. I like okay, it. We'll tell it. I mean, obviously, I do, mm-hmm. otherwise it wouldn't be on this. I mean, Blackadder doesn't really need an introduction, so it's good because I haven't written one. <laughs> this special aired in 1988, and it's a reversal on the Dickens Christmas Carol because in this version, Scrooge is nice, giving, and charitable. But after a ghostly apparition, apparition, apparition would be a better <laughs> word. Let's try that one. <laughs> but after a ghostly apparition shows him his unscrupulous ancestors, Scrooge realizes that being nasty is actually more profitable and he stops being a generous benefactor. So I, I like the reversal of mm-hmm. Dickens' mm-hmm. story. And it uses, so what it does is when it goes back to his ancestors, they're just like showing Blackadder 2 and Blackadder yeah. the 3rd. Yeah. You know, they're using those as examples. So every all the cast from the Blackadder series is in the show. Also, brief appearance, one of my favorite Whovian sidekicks. Go on. Nicola Bryant. Is she really? She plays the annoying niece in the episode. Yes, she does, doesn't she, thinking about it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she's yeah. kinda she's kinda um squeaky and happy, isn't she? Yeah, she's got this. <laughs> Yes. that they always put earplugs in before <laughs> she enters the room. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think that maybe I'm thinking... I mean, I'm thinking of something completely different when I said that it wasn't are very you, good. Are you thinking of the later one that they did for the Millennium Dome? Could be that, yeah. Could be that. Yeah, which was done long after the whole thing had finished. Yeah. As soon as you started to tell me about, about the fact that it's the Scrooge in reverse... I remember it, and I and yes, it, it, it yes, it is funny. Yes, and the ghost is played by Robbie Coltrane. Yes, and he's so desperately trying to um, tr- trying to convince him to stay good, isn't he? And everything he does seems to be backfiring on him. Yeah, that's right, because he's saying, "Look, look, if these evil people, oh, these are terrible," and then every time it finishes, Blackadder's like, "Oh, they got the money." And they got, oh, the fame, and oh, this is excellent. Yeah. And uh, oh, and the, the last part of the episode is actually in the future. Yes, yes. I, I, I think that's the thing that stands out for me the most with the, with the strange costumes. And the, isn't the queen on a pedestal with all these weird yeah. sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a fun episode. I, I just like how ridiculous it is. And I also like the fact that they managed to get all the whole casting and the different versions of Blackadder into it as well. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 I think I remember watching it and it was nice to go back and see the past series again. Yeah. Even if it was just for yeah. like one sketch kind of thing. But right. Yes. I think I probably was thinking of the, the more recent one for the, for the Millennium thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. You're a fool, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that again now. Good. This is good. We're sharing, Paul. We are. We are. We're learning from each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could say a bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> I could, but I'd be lying. Yes. So my next choice, we're going back to the cinema again. Uh-oh. Okay. And I'm going to go for what could possibly be our first controversial is it Christmas or not Christmas movie. All right, before we do that, let me let me just make a statement. Okay. Whatever you choose as a Christmas film, as a tradition for you personally, is perfectly fine. It's your Christmas tradition. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But I think there's a but there somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. it's going to come after you tell me what this film is. Okay, all right. It's not the one that you think it's going to be. No, I know what you think I'm going to think it's going to be, and I know yeah. that you're not going to choose the one I think it's going to be. You're going to choose one that I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to choose Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971. Yeah, not a Christmas film, Paul. Well, we all know the plot of this movie, don't we? And the book. Um, but according to IMDb, it says a poor but hopeful boy seeks one of the five coveted golden tickets that will send him on a tour of Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. It stars Gene Wilder as Wonka, um, Jack Alberton, Albertson, I think it is, as Grandpa Joe, uh, Peter Ostrom as Charlie, and has 
turns from Roy Kinnear and a group of the most obnoxious kids in any movie that you've ever seen. Well, that's um, not promising. Who doesn't love an Oompa though? I know, but you just described it as having a bunch of obnoxious kids. Yeah, but they're obnoxious in a fun way, aren't they? I mean, Augustus Gloop. I mean, you know, Veruca yeah, Salt. Yeah, true. Great yeah. characters. Okay. So, I know that this isn't strictly a Christmas movie. I know that. But ever since I was a kid and I saw it at Christmas for the first time on TV, it's become a regular Christmas, a regular Christmas staple for me ever since. And now that I've got a kid of my own, we sit and watch it every Christmas. Um, oh, so it's kind kid. of passed it on. I know. Um, it's got fantastic songs. It's got colourful costumes. It's bright. It's cheerful. Um, it's got the, arguably the best performance that Gene Wilde has ever given in anything, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's got the the most feel-good factor of any movie outside of Wizard of Oz, I think. It just it just feels like a Christmas movie to me. I would never watch this at any other point in the year. Ah, now this was going to be my point. That's exactly the thing I was thinking of. Okay. People always say, like, Die Hard is a Christmas film. Uh, mm-hmm. Gremlins is a Christmas film. But me, personally, and this is just me, is that a film can only be a Christmas film if you only ever watch it at Christmas. Yeah. So it's August. Mm-hmm. You're sweating. You're having a beer, right? Okay. And it's evening time. And someone says to you, oh, should we watch Dyad? You're going to say, yeah, let's watch Dyad, right? Doesn't matter. They said at Christmas. Now, it's August. You're sweating. You're having a beer, and someone says to you, oh, do you want to watch The Snowman? You're not going to go, no, are you crazy? That's a Christmas film, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my definition of a Christmas film. You only ever watch it at Christmas. I, I would completely agree with you. I mean, another movie that, that, that is exactly the same for me as Willy Wonka is The Wizard of Oz. I would never watch The Wizard of Oz other than at Christmas. But yeah, that's it. It's, it's that fits into what I say, except that you know, there's nothing about Wizard of Oz that's Christmassy, other than your personal feelings about it. But it still fits into what I say, so I can't argue about it. I, I get that, and I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that I I saw Willy Wonka at Christmas for the first time when I was a kid, in the same way that I saw Wizard of Oz. For the first, it was always on Christmas Day on the BBC. Wizard okay, of Oz, you know, um, right. And it stuck with me in that way, you know. And, and then oh, when that it, makes it's, sense, it's the kind of thing that when you watch, you're watching the movie and you're enjoying it and you're taking it in. But it also has this other side to it where it kind of opens up all these feelings and and memories from 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 when you were a kid and years ago and possibly people that aren't around anymore and that kind of thing. And it, right. it, 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 it's all tied in with it. You know, it's all part of that Christmas experience that I remember as a kid. You know, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm trying to relive it or maybe it's just a nice little moment to step back into it just for a second and, and, and relive it through that movie. But, yeah. but, but they are two movies that I would never watch other than at Christmas for that reason. Yeah, that That's fine to me. Uh, yeah, you get these people like, oh, Lethal Weapon's a Christmas film. No, it's a film set at Christmas. If you're going to say it's a Christmas film, you're going to have to say every Shane Black film is a Christmas film because he sets all his films at Christmas. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But you'd, you'd watch him any time of the year, it doesn't matter. But you're not going to watch It's a Wonderful Life in the middle of the year. You know, I don't think I've ever heard the, the argument for Die Hard not being a Christmas movie put so well as what you've just done it. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only compliment he's getting for at least another 12 months of retrospection. So. Yeah, yeah. I should enjoy that. It's the only one I've had this year. Let me, let me just revel in it for a second. Oh, it feels good. It feels good. <laughs> but Gene Wilder is good in Willy Wonka, isn't he? Yeah, again, that's a film I've not seen in a very long time. 
You know the scene where he, he walks with a limp for a little bit and then he suddenly launches into a somersault? That was all Gene Wilder's idea. I, I didn't know you were such a big fan of Gene Wilder. I am, yeah. I am. Stir Crazy. Silver Streak. Silver Streak, Stir Crazy. I even like stuff like, um, which which is, which is <laughs> got problems for other reasons, obviously. But um, things like See No he- Evil, Hear No Evil. Right, so I, are you like... Um... A fan of Gene Wilder in the same way as I'm a fan of Richard Pryor, in that I think he's better than the films that he was ever in. I think so. And I don't think that Gene Wilder ever did anything better than Willy Wonka or Blazing Saddles. Yep, both good films. But he's always watchable in everything that he does. Hmm. Sometimes the material's not there, I don't think. Yes. He he does with it what he can. Right. Yeah. All right, so for me, I'm back to TV land, and I'm going for... The Kenny Everett television show. (laughs) And I'm going for a Christmas special from 1982. Now, Kenny Everett, or to use his real name, Morris James Christopher Cole, Mm -hmm. was a radio DJ who started off in pirate radio, then became one of the first DJs on BBC Radio 1. He was fired from Radio 1 after making a comment about a minister's wife. And it's such a lame comment today, would, you'd never even think about it. He made a joke about her, pa- she passed a driving test, and he made a joke about her cheating, and that got him fired. That was the BBC at the time, though. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> you had to watch um, your P's and he, Q's back then, I think, at the BBC, didn't you? Yeah. So then he went to Capital Radio, and later, after going back to BBC Radio 2, he started presenting a show for London Weekend Television, And then he went on to Thames Television, where he did the Kenny Everett video show. After falling out with Thames, because they scheduled his show opposite Top of the Pops, (laughs) he switched over to the BBC for the Kenny Everett television show, and the first episode of which was a Christmas special, but this isn't the one I'm talking about. This one's later. Um, Just as a side, though, that first Christmas special that was the first episode for the BBC opens with a sketch where a car pulls up at a graveyard and it's got Thames written <laughs> on the license plate and people get out the car, they open the boot, the trunk, and they take out Kenny Everett and they throw him in a grave and then they drive off and then another car pulls up with BBC on a license plate and they dig him back up. I remember that. I, I've seen oh, you that. you do? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a, I, I, I was a huge Kenny Everett fan, just, just to say. Oh, right. Okay, so this Christmas special also features Billy Connolly, Barry Cryer, who was also one of the writers, Russell Harty, Lulu, Nicholas Lindhurst, Jeffrey Palmer, Pamela Stevenson, and Janet Street Parter. That's a, that's a cracking group of people. It is. In this episode, there's lots of different uh, sketches. There's one really great sketch, which... Uh, it starts with um, a woman in bed Ken, in a room and Kenny Everett comes in and he thinks she's been having an affair and he's like, where is he? I'm at work all day and you're just eating chocolates and you've got a man here. I know there's a man here. And he, he's walking around the room and then he opens the closet and there's a guy in the closet and he's like, what are you doing here? And the guy's like, oh, I'm waiting for a boss. He's like, a boss? Do you take me for a fool? And then this full-size bus with people in it crashes through the studio wall, stops, and the guy gets on the bus and it pulls off. Then it cuts to Janet Street Porter, who's like, we've had hundreds of complaints about that sketch. They said it's anti-feminist and that it's biased. And so we're going to do it again. So it goes back to a sketch. And this time it's a woman in bed and Kenny Everett comes in. And it's the Mm -hmm. same lines, and they do the same thing. And then he opens the door, you know, um, she opens the door, and there's a guy, and a boss comes through again, and it does that. And then it cuts to Russell Hurty. Russell Hurty is like, we've had hundreds of complaints about this episode, that it's biased, that it's wrong, so we're going to do it completely again. And now Kenny Everett's in bed, and a man comes in the door, and and they're, they're talking and Kenny Everett seems to be going off script a bit because he's like, that suit, it's so ill-fitting. 
<laughs> and the guy's doing the same lines as the other mm. people. He opens the closet door. There's another guy in there. The bus again crashes through the wall. He gets on the bus. It drives off. And then Kenny Everett pops up and he goes, you've just been watching the World Milking a Joke Championship in which a 10-second quickie has been stretched to two and a half minutes. Don't write in to complain or we'll do the whole thing again next week. And in the background, <laughs> there's just all the crew like clapping and cheering and waving <laughs> at the camera. And it's a great sketch. And the amount of work that would have gone into setting that up over it's and over full, again as well. It's a real boss. Yeah. With people yeah. in it. I don't get why they even bothered to put... And they're waving as the bus bar crashes through. Do you know, it, it amazes me how how successful Kenny Everett was at that time. Because, I mean, it's quite it's quite subversive and, and, and modern, a lot of his stuff. Yeah, he was very much... Uh, he would break the fourth wall. He would... Mm -hmm. Some of the early ones didn't have a studio audience, so the laughter was the production crew, the cameramen, and then mm. he would go in and pull the camera into the shot. Yes, and you can and see them. Um, I remember you can see them just cracking up. Yeah, with what he's doing, because he's obviously doing things that either either it was scripted and he just decided not to do what he was supposed to be have, have, have been doing, or he yeah. was just making it up off the top of his head. So, yeah. And then the sketches with Billy Connolly, who can't keep a straight face during Yes, it. I remember. That's the interview, isn't it? Yeah, and there's ones I where they're both the women. They dress up as women, but they've oh, both got yes, big beards. Yes. yes. And clearly, <laughs> Kenny Everett's gone off script because Billy Connolly just can't stop laughing. Um, so yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of great stuff in that episode. And then he did a lot of Christmas specials, and a later one is A Christmas Carol again. And it begins with a shot of a house and then he pops up because he's clearly a model and then he points and says, I'm in the drawing room. And then it cuts <laughs> to inside and a giant finger crashes through the window and he's inside <laughs> and he starts talking and then he gets up and turns around like a woman's front is his back. Mm -hmm. And it's all bizarre. I, I can see why why you like this, Colin. It's, it's very much your... Um... Your wheelhouse, isn't it? All this kind of humour. What do you mean, Pop? <laughs> that was a compliment. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, it's a, it's Ooh, a got out of that one. one. <laughs> I'm revisiting it now, and I'm like, wow, he really was ahead of the game at the time. Isn't there? Um, there's a new release by Arrow, isn't there? Is it Arrow? No, network. Oh, network. Network. Network sorry, have yes. the. I think they have the video show on DVD. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I remember the Kenny Everett show that I used to, we used to, we used to record it the night before and I used to watch it before I went to school the next day. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I, I have, I have very fond memories of watching sketches of him doing the, um, Captain Kremen and the Rene Renata stuff from, you know, the say, it, save my love song. Where he's, right, uh, yeah. and uh, and the well, BGs, the BGs yes, sketches yeah. as well. I, I have very fond memories of watching those before I go to school in the morning. And it was all done in the best possible, possible taste. taste. Yes. <laughs> but it, but it's funny. How old were you? You must have been um, nine, nine, ten, something like that. It was, it was, it was. I was still at preschool. I think not preschool. Preschool, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my parents were very, very, uh, very liberal in that respect. Wow. Um, no, I was, I was, I was at junior school still. It was before we met each other. At, Some uh, of it is school. so oh, rude. Definitely. But it, it, which is weird for my family because my parents would never let me watch anything that was that was like that at all. But for some reason, Kenny Everett slipped under the radar. I think it, I, I, I think it was more probably about the fact that that they thought it was funny as well. You know, I know my dad thought that Kenny Everett was hilarious. Mm, okay, that was a really good choice. Thank you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with TV for this next choice, uh, and I'm gonna go completely the opposite direction in terms of um, mainstream versus subversive. Okay. All right. So something something mainstream. Something though. very mainstream at the time. 
And I know you're going to give me some shtick for this, I think. It's called a midwife. Oh, God, no. It's, it's outside of our remit. I know, I know. Actually, there are a few things that we would watch at Christmas that are outside our remit. There are. There are. This isn't one of them, though. <laughs> okay. So I'm staying with the 70s, and I'm going 1978. And this is something that you're not, you're really not going to anticipate this coming. But th- does, I, does it feature three old guys? No. No, it's not okay. Last of the Summer Wine. It's not, wine. That. It's not it's, that. Oh, I was thinking Top Gear. <laughs> it's an entertainer that doesn't get talked about very often anymore, but I absolutely love this guy. Entertainer. So was he a stand-up as well as a presenter? He was a stand-up. He was also a mimic. Oh, I was going to go for Des O'Connor, no. but he's a mimic. A mimic. He, 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 oh, did he, did he go into uh, the soaps afterwards? Well, if he did, I don't was know. Was he a double it. act? No, he wasn't. All right. Mike Yearwood? Yes, I'm going to go with the Mike Yearwood Christmas show from 1978. Now, there's lots wow. of Mike Yearwood out there, and I, and I, and I absolutely love Mike Yearwood. I I I I know he gets a lot of stick for all his voices sound the same and you know the same thing that Rory Bremner got you know he you know people criticise it, it it all sounds the same but if you actually go back and watch Mike Yarwood it doesn't right um right. this particular special it has some really really funny sketches in it um. The the standout ones for me are um, Parkinson interviewing Faith Brown as Margaret Thatcher. Now Faith Brown, we know Faith Brown. We saw her in, we've seen her in. Um, she's in a Bond movie actually playing Margaret Thatcher. She's in For Your Eyes Only. Yes, she is. You're right. Yeah. And yeah. and if you watch Mike Yarwood doing Michael Parkinson, it's so observed and so funny you know he's picking his nose he's scratching himself he's doing stuff while she's she's the one who's been should be being funny but he's he's completely stealing it from her um by doing hardly anything really he's just he's just observing what what Michael Parkinson did and and ramping it up slightly um what year is this from 1978 I, I think you said but 78 yeah. okay um, there's also another great sketch where, um, it's a generation game and he's, he's taken off John Inman and he actually has ABBA as, uh, the contestants, the real ABBA, uh, the contestants. The real, okay. And his John Inman is just spot on. In fact, it, it, you watched my, you know, doing these p- people and it's, it's almost funnier than the real people. Because he's highlighting everything about those people that 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 you find funny, but then somehow managing to exaggerate exaggerate it, it and make it even funnier. Um, and then it ends in a with a really good final monologue where he encompasses people like Sammy Davis Jr. and Dave Allen. And his Dave Allen is absolutely top notch. Um, That's weird because Dave Allen's a comedian himself, so he's yes, yes, and and and. You you watch Mike Yarwood do Dave Allen and you forget you're watching Mike Yarwood. You're watching Dave Allen. Even though he's not wearing any prosthetics or any makeup or anything like that. Right, he had this right. ca- ca- capacity, Mike Yarwood, to just change his face. In fact, in the sketches where he does actually wear wigs or prosthetics, it takes away from it slightly. It, 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 it works better when he doesn't do any of that and he just does the voice and then changes his face by, by just manipulating himself in some strange way it's, it's it's very strange to describe um but he uh, yes he is he is mr light entertainment he is but i i, I love mike yarwood and this christmas especially is one of the best ones that he ever did you should go and take a look at it All right, I'm gonna, no I'm, I'm definitely gonna check it out he's somebody you don't hear much about anymore well he 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 became What's the word? Passe, isn't it? You know, it's 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 right. he's not he's not. You know, you 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 get these you get people tell you that something isn't funny anymore. It's not supposed to be funny anymore. And, right. and some some of the gags, yes, they're a bit of that nineteen seventies near the knuckle. 
sort of vibe that you wouldn't do anymore, you know? Um, right. And he he didn't manage to... Uh, cross over. Into get it, yeah, get himself... Well, get himself into the ironic student phase that no. somebody like Frankie Howard managed to do. No, I, he, he didn't. He didn't, no. Um, still around, though. We didn't lose him, considering the fact that he's had multiple heart attacks. He's still with us. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Still with okay. us. I was surprised. <laughs> I checked into his history, but he's still with us. Doesn't really do much anything anymore at all because I don't think he needs right. to, you know. But um, yeah, I check it out. I'm I'm going to definitely. Yeah. It's funny because now you've mentioned Dave Allen. He's another person we don't really hear about, but was incredibly famous at the time. Oh, Dave Allen is is the he's up there with the best. As far as I'm concerned, mm. Dave Allen's stand-up is just. Have you ever seen the the show that he did? I think it was in the '90s when when he came back. I think he was one of the first instances of the word "fuck" on BBC TV. And and yeah, he and, liked to swear. And there was a lot of debate as to whether they in the upper echelons of the BBC as to whether they should let it in. Right. And uh, they finally let it in, and they got so many complaints, and he loved it. He thought it was great. <laughs> I can imagine. He was always, like, he would sit and he would have, like, a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other. Absolutely. Um, and and uh, you watch Mike Yarwood do Dave Allen. It, it, it is uncanny. It is really uncanny. It's on my list to watch this Christmas, then. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of Mike Yarwood on YouTube as well, so you could, you could, you could find it easy. I will do. Well, you said you went mainstream. I'm going mainstream, mainstream. I'm mm-hmm. going the film, and it's a film. It's my only film I've chosen that pretty much everybody chooses as the Christmas cinema experience. Okay. And it's Muppet Christmas Carol. Should I should have realized. Yeah. It's an obvious <laughs> choice, I'm afraid, but I have to have it. And for some people, it's the best adaptation of Dickens' story. It's certainly one of the best Muppet outings. Mm -hmm. And it's a great performance from Michael Caine, who knows how to balance his performance between believability and panto. Yeah, see, you never once don't believe that, that that it's real. No. With Michael Caine, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. And um, there's some great lines like, uh, boy, that's scurry stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? Nah, it's all right. This is culture. <laughs> and there's uh, little touches in the background, like the street urchin stealing a vegetable. And you can hear the vegetable shouting, help me, help me, I'm being stolen. <laughs> Which makes you wonder, how do you eat it? Um, well, you either... You- I suppose you approach it one of two ways. You you either find it very, very difficult because it's talking back at you, or you just dive straight in and bite its face off. Yeah, I wasn't talking about lovemaking, Paul. <laughs> what sort of a vegetable was it, by the way? I can't remember. I think it's a cabbage. Does it matter? It's a Is cabbage, it a cabbage? It? I think it's a oh. cabbage. They're always talking back to me. Okay, well, let's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, Move but, but um, I mean, it's it's the best uh, Christmas film. It's perfect for that period. It's not a film I watch other times of the year. Because there's other Muppet films I can watch. Mm-hmm. Well, that um, goes back I to like... your reasoning of what a Christmas movie is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was hinting at, Paul. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, that's where I was going. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Just Paul. spelling it out for okay okay but yeah this is one of my go-to's christmas day if i can boxing day if i'm feeling lazy (laughs) or both could do could do Mm -hmm. and um oh and news that is relevant to when i'm we're recording this but if you listen to this five years from now no it's not they've recovered a song that they'd lost a Michael Caine song, and they're now going to put it back into the film for the 4K UHD release. Nice. Yes, I did read that today, actually. I wonder whether they'll stick it into the um, Disney Plus version as well. I don't know. I mean, I have it on iTunes 4K version. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. It would be nice if they did. Although some people don't like the song. I I don't think I've ever seen that version. Mm-hmm. I think it was on the cinema and maybe videotape. And then after that, it was lost and they've cut it out. So it was originally in the cinema version. I Talking now, mm-hmm. facts may be wrong. But hey, what are facts? <laughs> we um, don't need those. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, originally it was. And then they cut it out. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I think I'll have to go and have a look at that. Oh, I should. In fact, you know, that you and James, it's an age-appropriate film. Yeah, he, he, he does like a Muppet. Could go many directions with that <laughs> comment, but I won't. It's a family Christmas episode, Colin. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, that'll be a good choice, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll do that. It'll be his introduction to Charles Dickens, too. Get him reading the classics. Well, he's already seen Scrooge, the the, the version that yeah. I, yeah. So you know he's a, he's a, he's aware of the story, yeah. Two Dickens in one year, excellent. You you just know that he's going to turn around and and prefer the Muppet version, don't you? Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> ah, good choice. Yeah. Yeah, obvious choice, but I think it, it's so good that it has to be there. Well, from one obvious choice to another. Oh, okay. And I, I'm at my final choice, and I've left it till the end. Because you knew there's going to be ridicule? No, but because, for me, Christmas doesn't get any better than this. Oh, all right. I'm going to stay with TV. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go a year earlier than the Mike Yarwood special that that we talked about previously. So I'm going to go to okay. 1977. Wow. Old school. I know. And it wouldn't be Christmas without a bit of Morecambe and Wise. I'm going to go for the Morecambe and Wise 1977 Christmas show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, for anyone on the planet living under a rock who doesn't know Morecambe and Wise... Would you say that they were probably the greatest comedy double act that the UK produced in the 20th century? Well, we've got Cannon and Ball. We've got Hale and Pace. Mm -hmm. All good. All good. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I've run out of double acts all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) So is that a yes? We've got you and I. (laughs) (laughs) So that is definitely a yes. Yes, welcome and wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Christmas specials are legend in British TV. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I picked the 77 special, which is actually the final one that they ever did for the BBC before they moved to ITV. Ah, and so why have you chosen this one specifically? Was there a reason or just a no, case of picking one? I, I picked it because it is the one, it, it's the one that everyone remembers. It's the one that, that always brings a smile to my face whenever I watch it. And I, I do watch a lot of Morecambe and Wise. Um, but I tend to watch them more at Christmas. Mm. Um, this special in particular attracted 28 million viewers. Can you imagine that in this day and age? Yeah, it's crazy the number of viewers that watch these shows. The next one I'm going to choose also had high viewing figures at the time. I think it was... a. Uh, Probably due to the fact that there were, in 1977, there was probably only three channels <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, you're like, oh, just, just justified by the fact that nobody could watch anything else. <laughs> but this special, it features, it starts with a, a Starsky and Hutch parody that was shot on film. And at times, it looks like an actual episode of Starsky and Hutch. It's that good. Yeah, I remember this one. I've seen this one a few times, yeah. It has the really famous bit of Elton John trying to find his way to the studio, and he runs into newsreaders, and he ends up bumping into the cast of Dad's Army. Oh, I don't remember that, but yeah. To, to I mean, which the, the words, stupid boy, are uttered at him. Of course, and yeah. it, And it, I don't know, it just has that nice feel that... <laughs> we We know this isn't true now, but that kind of family bbc feel where everyone knew each other and everyone all they all lived in the same place if you know what i mean yeah the 
I mean, that's kind of why the phrase anti-Beeb was invented, right? Yes. Because it's like a family yes. member. Yes. But I like that. I, 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 I like that. It's, there's something very sort of comforting about it. It's, it, it's warm right. and, and Ernie Wise's interpretation of Surrounded de Bergerac, where he does a usual play that he rewrites um, mm-hmm. with guest stars Penelope Keith and Francis Matthews. It has There's Nothing Like a Day musical number, which is really famous, where it, with a, a parade of newsreaders and Barry Norman involved in it. It's, okay, so this isn't the Angela Rippon one. This is a different Angela one, Rippon right? is in this special, but it's not the one you're thinking of. And Morecambe and Wives is just something that you can watch with the whole family, and it's and it still is today. Not to, I don't want to bring keep bringing up the fact that I've got a son. <laughs> I'll be one of those people that talks about their kid all oh, the time. Oh God, leave it alone! But jeez, but he's ten years old and he sat and watched Morecambe and Wise, and he thinks they're hilarious. Particularly Eric Morecambe, he, he thinks he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, then, and then he goes upstairs and he goes, oh, you know what my dad made me watch, <laughs> Jesus. As long as I don't see it, it doesn't matter. Um, right. It, the writing is just pure gold. I know that it didn't work. I, I know that they flourished their own scripts, but they didn't write their own scripts. But it doesn't, ma- yeah. it doesn't matter. Because when you interpret material as well as what they did, it, it, the, the line between the writer and the performer just blurs completely. Um. And the best moments in, in Morecambe and Wise for me are when Eric makes Ernie lose his composure. Even if it's just for a second or two. It, yeah, th- this always makes me wonder if the bits that are look improvised are really improvised or whether they're scripted. But when it's as good as this, does it really matter? It doesn't, but as as a person who's interested in the mechanics mm. of... Mm-hmm. Writing, I'm always curious about that because the same happens with Bottom, mm. um, with the theatre productions that they did, where there's a lot of like, oh, they've made a mistake of this line, and then he's like making jokes about the fact he screwed up the line, mm-hmm. but that's scripted. It's not yeah. improvised, yeah. but because they're good at making it look like it's improvised, it works. Yeah. So I'm always curious about that, but. It doesn't matter. It, like you said, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's still funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just pure Christmas comfort TV for me, Malcolm and Wise. That's, that's, yeah, that's, I love Malcolm that's and That's what Wise it is. Too. You know, I, I was watching, um, yesterday I was watching an interview, funnily enough, on Michael Parkinson from the 70s with, with the two of them. And I'm sure that they obviously sat down and thought about what they were going to say before they went on. But again, like you just said, Eric Morecambe could just—he could just sit there and be funny. He didn't have to say anything sometimes. Just, the, just the way that he would right. sit and 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 hold his pipe was funny. He, he was just a genuinely funny man, I think, right down to his to his yep. core. And um, Ernie was the perfect straight man, I think. Obviously, not as good as me. But. Well, well, you're not straight. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's that's my final choice, the Morecambe and Wise show. It, it doesn't get any be- any more Christmassy or any better for me. I think that's a perfect finish. Okay, for you. Oh, okay. So what 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 is your final uh, choice then, Colin? Um, um, I'm sticking with the mainstream. I'm not going anywhere special. I'm going with uh, Only Fools and Horses. Okay, all right. I didn't expect that. And I'm going for a Christmas special from 1996, which is Heroes and Villains. Now, the show had already been on for 15 years. So remember what you were saying earlier about Steptoe mm-hmm. and Son. You would think at this point that they pretty much run out of steam. But no, this is a great show. But for anyone who would, doesn't know about Only Fools and Arses, it's a comedy that follows two brothers from London's rough Peckham estate as they wheel and deal through a number of dodgy deals and search for the big score that'll make them millionaires. Now, this Christmas special features Dylan Rodney being invited to a fancy dress party. Now, it begins oddly because the start of it is set in the future. Right, okay, I don't remember that, but... 
Yeah, in which Damien, which is uh, Del Boy's mm-hmm. son, is now the head of the multinational, all-powerful Trotters Independent Traders, which apparently rules the Western world and is in the year 2026. Yeah, because isn't there a running gag with, with Damien that he's going to be the Antichrist? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And, and this turns out to be uh, Rodney's dream, yeah. and that's how it begins. Um, and this episode, it's one of those that has a scene which is now iconic and forever remains in your mind, which is Dell and Rodney running down the street dressed as Batman yes. and Robin. As, uh, when, as soon as you started to, to tell me what the episode was, in my mind's eye, all I could see was Batman and Robin running down the, running down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And this was voted, I think, in 2001 as the best Christmas special ever. And when it aired in 96, it got 21 million viewers. <laughs> and there were four channels then. <laughs> we had one yeah. more channel. Yeah. Um, but this is still a, a great episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of Only Fools and Horses episodes that are really good. Um, but this is the Christmas one special that sticks in my mind. I really enjoy the it. Second shock of the night. I didn't know that you were a big Only Fools and Horses fan. I have the uh, every episode on DVD. I never knew that about you. Uh, admittedly, I found it, but I do have every episode on DVD. Oh, is this the uh, the the um, the laundry room box set? That you- <laughs> yeah, it's like sitting there, and I was like, every episode of Only Falls and Horses in a box set. <laughs> I don't mind if I do. I never knew that you liked it. Oh, I should point out that people leave stuff in our laundry room in my apartment building that they're getting rid of, yes. and you can take. It's not like yes. I stole it. <laughs> I should point that out. Master thief. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, underwear. <laughs> Don't mind if I no, do. The worst one. I'm going to leave the jewels. I'm going to take the Only Fools and Horses box set that's laying on the side. I'm, all, I'm also bad because I say out loud, hmm, don't <laughs> mind if I do. <laughs> then take it. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, sorry, what did you say? But uh, nothing. <laughs> There's no one here. Go back to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was my internal monologue. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I, well, I'm learning two things about you tonight. Don't You don't like Only Fills and Horses? Uh, it's like something that you're like, eh, about. I, I, I think it, it's not that I don't like it. I haven't watched an episode of it in years and years and years. And I think it, it goes down to the fact that it was something that my parents really, really loved. And I think it was at that time when you, you're you of a certain age where you don't want to be into the things that your mum and dad are into. So I kind of I kind of avoided yeah, it can, a little bit. I can you see know? that, yeah. There's also the thing that everybody loves it. So you're like, oh, everybody... It's, it's, it's like, uh, what's that other show that everybody loves that's crap? Further Brown's... Oh, uh, Mrs. Brown's um, Boys or whatever it's what called. It? Yeah. Mrs. Brown's yeah. Boys. And so, like, you're like, oh, everybody loves it. Mm. But in this case, you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, that actually is good. Well, maybe that'll happen with Mrs. Brown's Boys. Unlike that... No. <laughs> no. no. Don't, You've don't. tried, have you? Okay. Yeah, I've tried. No, no, no. I, I do think whenever I've I've actually, I say I avoided it, but I obviously I caught it because my parents were watching it, and and whenever I did see it, it was funny, and I, and I've seen little bits and pieces as I've been flicking through, you know, satellite channels and things like that, you know, cable channels, and 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 every time right. I leave it on for a few minutes and I watch a scene, it makes me chuckle, so. Maybe it's something I should right. give it a, give it a chance and 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 go back and watch it again. So, yep, it, it, by the box set. I don't think I need to episode. over here. Obviously, it, it it's always on heavy rotation on about five or six different channels at any one time. So, okay, so that that's another reason why you. I like, think so. Uh, yeah, that could be a reason because yeah. it's just could be another reason. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yep. So that's five from you, five from me. So. One thing I've noticed, and I don't know whether it's specific mm-hmm. to our country. Our country? But, I cr- I, yeah. You, you live here last time I checked, Colin. <laughs> 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 
Oh, don't cry. Don't you find uh, Christmas shows? They're not celebratory of the season. No, they're kind of bleak. They're quite yeah. dark, and I think that's specific to our culture. Maybe I'm wrong, and other people can argue about that, whatever it's saying, but I don't see this anywhere else. No, I don't think you're wrong. I think I think that that sums up who we are as a people. <laughs> you know, at Christmas time, it is a time for celebrating, but it's also a time for um, looking back at the year that you've just had and thinking, oh, that was shit, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a celebration of our misery. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But we love it. We, we, we find enjoyment yeah. in misery. That's what the British people do. And I assume so do our listeners, and that's why they keep downloading us. Why else would they join us? Yeah. <laughs> well, as our bells are fully jingled, and our Christmas socks are firmly stuffed, it's of a happy cheer and the last sips of beer, we wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Unless you've downloaded this at a later time, in which case... Where the fuck have you been? So with that, ta All the best.